This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Are you ready? This is the Really Riley Podcast. Hello, beloveds. Happy Wednesday. Hopefully you're having a great week. Uh, This week is going by really fast for me, which is always a good thing because I love my weekends. Um, I'm grateful that you guys came back to my little corner of the world because there's lots of stuff you could listen to besides me. So I love it when you come back to this little place where I like to talk about all things real, all things Riley. Sometimes my things seem offensive to some people, the things that I talk about it. I like to call them honest. And in the spirit of keeping it honest, um, I'm doing another you asked, I answered. I've done, I think, like three or four of these throughout the life of Really Riley. And I really like doing this stuff because as I always tell you at the end of the podcast, I totally dig when you guys have questions for me or things that you want to hear more of or less of on the podcast. And it seems like every time I open up the questionnaire to the you asked, I answered situation, you guys like it. Um And it makes me able to connect with you guys even more. So let's get to it. So I put this poll up on my Instagram earlier today. And uh, one of my Instagram followers, I don't like to give out y'all's names because I'm not sure if you guys like really want me to put it out there like that. So I just like to call y'all IG friends or listeners. Uh, She asked, what are your tips for dealing with casual dating stress? And what did you do pre-martial, of course? (laughs) Oh, God. Let me just tell you. From the time that I started dating, I had my first boyfriend at like 14 and was with him for like two years. I hate casual dating. I've always been a relationship girl. It's always been my jam to be with somebody and have your person and feel secure in that. I also fell into a lot of freaking pitfalls because I never like let myself enjoy casual dating. There was always like an end goal to it. There was always this, okay, is he boyfriend material? I mean, and I'm talking back when I was 16. Before I ever needed to be contemplating if anything was going to be forever or even long term for that matter. Um, But my biggest thing about dealing with casual dating in today's society, because it sucks. I mean, I went through the whole Bumbles, the Hinges, the Coffee Meets Bagel, Tinder, all of the things. And I hated the idea of like getting super excited about somebody and then you just end up being like on their bench. One of the nine girls that they call when they're bored or don't have a date for something or want some booty. And that was always difficult for me because I'm the type of person, like when I put myself into something, especially dating, like I wanted to be all up in it. And then it even got harder when I had my kid because, you know, obviously I'm not like free to go spend the night at your house or you spend the night at mine and it just became an added level of stress. But I feel like if I could do a do-over before, well, no, let me say this. I wish that I could have done more of what I did right before Marshall in all of my dating life. So immediately before Marshall, not immediately, but within a year before Marshall, I had a roster. (laughs) And I hate saying that because I always say that that's so rude to have a roster. But here's the thing. Within that roster, 
of people. And I, there wasn't like a huge amount. There was like four, four guys that I just, you know, was casually talking to, casually going on dates with, having fun with. There's the operative word. I just, you know, enjoyed it. And I didn't want an end game with any of them. And I just like kind of hung out and just said, well, if this guy doesn't work, I'm legit going to go pull one off the, the bench or the shelf. <laughs> And go to another one. And now listen, I I didn't promise any of them anything, nor did I want them to promise anything to me. And it ended up being really fun. There was a couple of douche canoes in there that like blew me off on first dates. But once I got into the notion of like expecting nothing, I was good. And then for some reason, I got off that track and dated this one guy for like three months. And I thought everything was hunky dory. I thought it was going really well. And then it ended really abruptly and in the crappiest way possible. And I was so blindsided and just like, what the hell? I thought I was doing everything right. And that was when I decided like around Christmas time of 2018 that I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm legit over it. It's literally just going to be me and my kid. And I have to be cool with that. I have to literally be all right with just me and my son. And I put together a vision board and it was all about me and what I wanted for the next year. And in all actuality, on said, vi- on said vision board, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, I did put, you know, things about love, but I thought I'm going to put it out there into the universe and I'm going to leave it alone. I'm not going to actively pursue anything or push for anything. And all of a sudden comes Marshall. Comment on my Instagram video of me working out and I slid up in his DMs just to kind of be like, oh, hey, cutie. I was so damn cheesy. Uh, <laughs> and I was so rude to him. Like the first conversation we had, he's like, oh, you should come work out with me. I'm like, oh, you're going to school me. So <laughs> whatever he like tries to tell me I'm sassy, I'm like, it's not as if you didn't know this from jump. But I was very uninvested in getting to know him. I don't want to put it like that. Like we had really great conversations. We were always on the phone, always texting. But in terms of meeting and putting forth that effort, I was done. I was like, nope. You know, he asked me out a couple of times before we actually met. And I was just like, me. But I don't want to tell you to be aloof about the dating situation, but more lighthearted. I mean, at least it, it, that's what I did when I started to get it right. I don't even know if I really ever did get it right or if I just got super lucky. But that stupid saying of like, you know, let it go and it'll find you if it's meant to. It's, it's true, y'all. There was really not like a magical tip to it. The only magical tip I will say is like when I got to know myself better and I figured out like, hey, I'm not willing to put up with this anymore. And I had nothing to lose. Like I almost that's what it was for me. Like I got to the point where I had nothing to lose. I had nothing else really to offer except my true self. I wasn't trying to be anybody. I was like, you know, the first date that we went on, we were on a mountain where he proposed later and the wind got into my hair and messed up my messy bun. And normally I would be freaking out and that would be my main, you know, source of insecurity for the rest of the day. And I was like, forget it. I don't care. Like here I am. Like I went in a porta potty and peed within the first hour of us knowing each other. Cause like, Hey, if he thinks I'm gross then whatever, this is me. So I think knowing thyself and like dating as if you've got nothing to lose is probably some of the best tips I could give there. Like again, no dating expert. I just got incredibly blessed and lucky with Marshall. Speaking of Marshall, one of y'all asked, what is Marshall's worst quality? I'm like, damn it, y'all. Why do you got to do that? (laughs) Um, Because he does, you know, everybody has bad qualities. I have some really shitty ones. Like, I do feel like Marshall is, you know, 
pretty damn close to Prince worthy. And that makes me want to vomit whenever I say that because who wants to hear that? But he is very perfect for me and tries his damnedest to put a smile on my face every single day. So worst quality. I mean, other than the fact that he freaking snores, which is really bad, by the way. I know you're like, really, Riley? That's it? That's the only thing that's wrong with him? Listen, that's a big deal to somebody that gets up at 4.30 in the morning. Actually, 4 now, since we've moved further out. And it's just like sawing a tree. Um, But if there was a worse quality in him, probably that his competition, his competitive side affects his self-view. Marshall um, was adopted when he was three months old. And since then, for some reason, he's always had this feeling of not being good enough. Those are his words. Um, And I'm like, what are you, crazy? Like, you're the strongest man I've ever met. And you got a cute ass and you got a great heart and you're a wonderful dad to my son. Like, what's the matter with you? You're perfect. But he has always felt like he is not good enough. So he pushes himself to the brink of exhaustion and or psychosis to be the best at everything he does. And I know that's like the stupidest answer. That's like one of those ones that's like you're on a job interview and they're like, what's your worst quality? And you're like, I'm too driven or I'm too much of a perfectionist. But in Marshall's case, it's true. And he snores. <laughs> um, one of you guys also asked me, what is your biggest physical insecurity? Ugh, that's got to be my boobies for sure. So I've always been insecure about my breasticles because I developed really early when I was eight years old. Um, I was like a B cup and I thought it was cool for a little bit to like wear a bra and be the first girl to wear a bra. But then like puberty hit and like those suckers filled out. And I was also a ballerina growing up. So in ballet, you, you, you didn't have the boobies and people had even told me like if I ever wanted to go professional, I was going to have to do quote, do something about those. Imagine telling like an 11 year old girl, you know, and all the other girls could wear their leotards without bras. And here I am trying to hide bra straps or wear a strapless bra. And it like made me super insecure. And then that grew into like my teenage years where, you know, all these other girls that I knew were able to wear like these slinky inky bikinis because they didn't have anything there. And then it was like me, I couldn't wear this. So I had to wear the one piece until my mom was an angel and had bathing suit designed for me, which I still have to this day. It was like the sweetest thing ever. But yeah, it was definitely my boobs. And you know, there's been many a times where I've gone for like consultations to get them done. Because let's face it, they look great in clothes. I'm down like I'm down for them. I ride with my tits if I am in clothes. But I've always been very insecure about them, you know, intimacy wise and, you know, in just certain dresses and stuff like that. And I think it's funny. Because the things that we find the most insecure, the ones that love us, look at us and like, are you nuts? Like Marshall just looks at me like, yeah, okay, you're, you're crazy. You know, and I've never had any complaints from other men, thank God. But yeah, definitely my boobies. I like, they could just be a little perkier, but I don't know that I can ever, would ever, I don't know. I never, I never say never, but I don't know that I would want to get surgery on them just yet. Hopefully we'll have another baby, but. I don't know. I just, it feels weird. Like, even though I've always been very insecure about them, I, I feel some kind of way about changing them, but we'll see. Again, I said, never say never. Um, so I know y'all got super personal about this one. Another person said, what's something you hate about your job? Oh God. Y'all trying to get me fired? No, I'm kidding. Other than getting up so damn early, uh, which that is a big thing because your body is not designed to get up before the roosters are crowing. 
Hmm, I would probably have to say the thing I hate the most about this industry, because I do love my job. I really do. It's become a part of me and who I am. And it's all I've ever really known in my adult life is I really hate seeing like super talented people be like on the beach, as we call it. Like when you let, get let go in radio, they call it being on the beach. And then they never get back on the saddle. I've known some really, really good friends of mine that are uber talented people in this industry that got fired and just had enough and didn't want to do the merry-go-round of getting back into the circus that is radio because it's not easy. And I feel like as we progress as an industry and it changes, the window for people to break back in closes further and further. And then, you know, as in, I'm sure any other industry, you get a little judgy with people. It's like, oh my God, that person has a job. But then, you know, this person that's super talented doesn't have a job. It's just difficult to see people that you care about or people that maybe you don't even know that are super talented and have their dreams like crushed in that way. Because it takes a lot to break into this industry. And with one swift kick, you're out. And that's happened to me before. Like I got fired on my first job. I took every single thing I had and owned and left everyone I'd ever known from Florida to Michigan in the middle of winter and put my soul into that job. And I got fired nine months later and I thought, dude, this is it. I'm out. Well, we all know how that story ends. Thank God. But yeah, I think that's probably the thing I hate the most about my job. And I guess that's just the entertainment industry as it is. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of singer songwriters, actresses, actors, models, you know, musicians, whatever that like are incredibly talented, but that window for them just didn't open. So yeah, I think that's probably the worst thing about my job or the thing that I don't really love about it. Um, another one of you said tips for dealing with anxiety. Like, uh, this is such a monster for me because I think that I have dealt with anxiety, either diagnosed or undiagnosed or whatever for the bulk of my life. Like I didn't know when I was younger that this was a sign of anxiety, but I have these like little pieces of broken hairs. Cause I always wear my hair up in a ponytail that when I'm nervous and or anxious, I twirl them vigorously around my fingers, like to the point where it's like, not catatonic, but I don't really realize I'm doing it. And I just constantly curl, constantly curl, constantly curl. And then when I was like six or seven, I used to always bite the sides of my mouth to the point where like they would get like bite marks and I wouldn't realize it. Um, So when I was younger, I coped with anxiety in these weird ways that I didn't even understand it. And like anxiety for me isn't necessarily like full bone panic attacks, although I have had some of those. It's, um, weird in situations where it'll hit me where you're not supposed to feel that like just a calm situation can set me to weird (laughs) how I like to put it like not exactly a frenzy or heavy breathing or anything like that but just where I kind of can't sit still and I don't feel comfy in my own skin um it's funny to me that people think oh why do you have anxiety like you're able to get up in front of 20,000 people in a concert and you talk to millions of people on the air a day and I'm like well that to me is normal maybe to me like the another person's normal doesn't feel normal to me but as far as tips I went through many many cycles years ago of antidepressants and anti-anxiety medicines and I personally am not about that life because it didn't really work for me and not for lack of trying because I like I said I spent a long time getting on this one and getting off that one and going through the effects that go through that you know I had a, a you know a uh, what it was 
wasn't a psychologist. He was actually just a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He was like a personal, what is the word I'm looking for? He, whatever. He was like, he wasn't a shrink. He was just like a personal stress counselor or something like that. But he told me that, um, side effects of medication are not side effects. They're effects. Like they're bound to happen. So it's not something that just like sort of happens on the side. And that kind of stuck with me. So from there on, I decided like holistic ways of trying to deal with my anxiety. And that doesn't always work with everyone because some have like harsher versions of it than others. For me, I don't really love yoga, but I love hot yoga because I'm weird. I like things that make me, that force me to stay in situations because for some reason that stress of the situation is easier to conquer a task in front of me like hot yoga. And once I feel like I've gotten over that hump of that 90 degree hot ass class with people that are stinky and sweaty, like if I can survive this, I can walk out that door and grapple with whatever else is bothering me. And I know COVID, yay, we don't really have too many hot yoga options right now, if any, but that was one of them that I always dealt with. And obviously working out has been a godsend for me because with working out, the movements that I do with strength training, with deadlifts and working with kettlebells, for me, when I first started, I was so afraid of dropping a bar on my legs or like smacking myself in the face with a kettlebell. And because the movements require such breath with the movement and paying attention to what you're doing, those movements and that hard labor in working out takes me out of whatever my mind is spinning in terms of anxiety. I'm not a person that can really do meditation really well at all, but a lot of people have told me that absolutely helps. And the only types of medication, or not medication, meditation that have helped me in terms of like quick modes of getting out of anxiety is there's a process of being present, like taking yourself, talking to yourself literally, and or talking to your anxiety and bringing your back, yourself back into the present. I'm the worst with talking about this stuff. It almost gives me anxiety in that sense. But staying present, like say you're freaking out about, oh my God, my wedding is going to be canceled. My family's not going to be able to be here. My dress isn't going to be right. The food's not going to be right. We're going to lose all this money. You have to stop and breathe and look at what's in front of you right now. Okay, there's a bird in front of me. That bird is pretty. Okay. The sky is nice and blue. It's fine. There's no traffic. There is traffic. You know, it sounds so dumb and elementary, but give it a shot. It actually works. Uh, the crazy, oh God, another person said, the craziest rumor you've heard about yourself. All right, this is a doozy. And going back to that question that y'all said, like, what's something you hate about your job? This would probably be second. Once upon a time, I don't know who this person was. They didn't even have a private account. They had all these pictures up. Never seen him, never heard him before in my life. But they kept commenting on my social media after I had my son lyric. Riley literally just had a baby for ratings. And I was like, what in the actual fuck? Like, it's the most outlandish thing anybody could ever say because anybody that's ever had a baby and is actually a parent to that kid knows there's no way in Hades you would ever have a child and go through all that labor, go through damn near a year of keeping them inside of you and how expansive these kids are and how much they suck out of you, albeit worth it, for ratings. <laughs> It, it's You have to laugh about it sometimes, but like sometimes trolls just suck the ever-loving life out of you. And that was my favorite rumor. I was like, what? Like, how does that even make sense? 
But, you know, some people say, oh, there's 50% truth to every single rumor. But that one was just the most psycho shit I've ever heard in my life. But, yeah. <laughs> Good time. Um, somebody else said money-saving advice. Okay, I wasn't really all that great at money-saving until I actually made some. Like, I've never been, like, a huge outlandish spender to go crazy on stuff. Um but we did something when we were, when we were saving for the wedding last year that Marshall and I were like, well, we're going to pay for this wedding ourselves, so what's something we can do? I'm a person, for some reason, I don't like to spend cash. I will hold on to cash for like till the end of my life for some reason because it feels different than a debit card. So what we did every single week is we had one envelope. We would put it in a safe, and every single week we would go to the bank and because I never take out cash and pull out 20 to $30 every paycheck because what is that every day? It's a coffee. Go to 7-Eleven instead of Starbucks. It's money that just you don't usually see. And whatever that number is for you. For us, it was $20. You know, and now coming to the end of it, we've got like three grand chilling there. Three grand is not the most astronomical amount, but when you're trying to save that money and now that that has played for a good chunk of our, you know, our wedding stuff like that paid for like our flowers, you're like, oh, wow, that really worked. For some reason for me, cash has so much more value. And I know that's probably not the safest situation to keep that money in the house. I live with a cop, so I feel a little better about it. But once you get to that certain amount, then put it away. And I think we're going to continue that after, you know, the wedding is over because I think it's a good little practice to have. For some reason, cash money just always feels like easier to save. And there's a whole thing on TikTok too where you could just like, take an envelope and you draw like $1, $5, $10, $300 is like the top tier and you put it away and you're supposed to do that like every cycle or every so often. That was an interesting question though. Tips on saving money. Because <laughs> I'm not the guru at that at all. Um, somebody else said, Riley, what is the one thing you don't like about yourself? I'm like, jeesh. I was okay with the physical insecurity thing. What is one thing I don't like about myself? Uh, I don't like that I have the tendency to lean towards anger first and understanding later. Now, to give myself a little bit of grace, I don't act on the anger anymore. But... I am inclined to get angry first. Back in the day, if you made my Puerto Rican ass angry, woo! Like, I used to get so angry in some of the situations where now I look back on it, I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, that person, that circumstance, that issue was not worth it. I mean, like I said, I still feel those emotions and I still get those things dusted up in my heart, in my head, and then it still causes that stress. So I wish that I could get better about that. Like, but I have to give myself a little bit of a pass because at least I'll internalize it versus letting it all out like Tasmanian Riley. You know, I, I get to the understanding part of it a little bit slower than I wish I did. I wish I would like try and understand first and then get angry if it was worth it later, which is like my fiance is that way, that he's very logical in the way that he thinks about and he's very logical about his cookie jar, as they say. I forget what person said this to him. It was either Jocko or David Goggins. Those are his two favorites, and their books are great, by the way. Um, if you have this cookie jar every day, and if you have $100 in it, 
and, you know, every time you get angry at somebody, you're giving them 10 bucks or $50 or whatever the sum is at the end of the day, like how much money you're going to have for yourself if you keep giving them away your money and getting angry. Uh, I wish I was easier about getting angry about stuff versus understanding. Oh, I'm sweating, y'all. Y'all got super personable about this. and But that was some of the bigger ones. And I really appreciate you guys for like taking the time to send me those questions because I almost feel like it's a therapy session for me when I get these things out. And it gives you a chance to get a little bit more info about who you're taking the time to listen to. So love you for that. Um, but yeah, that's it for this week. I'm going to be back on Friday with my fave fives of the week where I give you a little tiny podcast, like five, 10 minutes about the stuff that I'm obsessing over. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys will come back and listen. And as always, it wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't tell you to hit me up in the DMs with your suggestions at Riley Couture, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, Snapchat is at Radio Recon and TikTok is Riley Couture 7. Y'all, thank you so much for listening. It's really Riley. I'll talk to you on Friday.